listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. Good evening. Good morning. I don't know what time you're listening, but good day. Good day. <laughs> I said good day, sir. I said good day, sir. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, folks. This is Jason, and this is for the love of God podcast. And of course, I'm here with Rick Rieger and Nathan Jewell. Fellas, Hello. how are you? Welcome back. Doing wonderful. Nice to be back once again in the studio with well, my good friends. That's good. It's nice and chilly in here, but it feels good. <laughs> I went. I went out. You're chilly. I, I was I'm out. actually sweating right now. <laughs> My fingers are still cold from being in the woods today. Uh, um, did you? Were you hunting? I was praying and frisbee golfing, <laughs> disc golfing. Ah, so there was another thing going on. Right. Both. But well, you know what? That's a good thing to do. Was you by yourself? I was. See, that's that's kind of the perfect scenario. Yeah. A little fun, which is not wrong. Nature, which is God's, and yeah. time with God. You can't really go wrong. Can't go wrong. I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. You should to you. be. <laughs> I had a decent game too, especially <laughs> especially after coming off of a twenty four hours of uh, you know m- I guess my news for the day is that uh, I, well no I, I, maybe not news maybe it's my uh, word of the day be very weary of bean sprouts just very careful oh, I'm yes. saying. Because uh, I got a hold of some bad ones uh, on Sunday night. And let's just say Monday. There was, was lots a- of sprouting going on. Lots of sprouting. Yeah, I don't. You know. <laughs> let's just say. I don't know how I'm even still alive. I mean, I well, you bounced uh, so back rather well. You got up. good color. Everything's. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. Yesterday <laughs> around 10 a.m., I was not sure I was going to see today. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily, I, I feel pretty good. But That's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, praise praise the Lord. So, yeah, based on the fact health. that I'm coming out of that, I am a little, I'm even more jealous uh, yeah. of your. And the course that I played, it was a nine-hole course yeah. behind a church. <laughs> nice. So, I Where was at? at um, Newark. Um, something, something church. Something, something, something <laughs> church of Christ. Gotcha. Something, something church. It's a beautiful church. Well, you and me are going to have to go out again soon. Yeah. It was nice to have you. Uh, you know, I just, fans, I just want to tell you, friends, <laughs> listeners, just know that uh, when Jason gets excited about something, he gets very excited. Um, this podcast, obviously, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had not ever going, uh, have, had never gone disc golfing until what, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. And we invited him on a good old family, you know, Rieger outing uh, with, along with a couple other folks from the church. And I'm not going to say he's got an addiction. I don't, I'm not sure that I I think, I I think everything's on the up and up here. And I think he's putting Jesus first and all that, but um, he definitely shows an interest, (laughs) an ongoing interest in progressing and taking away my title because I just happened to beat beat him the one time, which may be the only time ever because obviously he's progressing at a very... (laughs) <laughs> a very amazing rate. So, in fact, he showed me his scores, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble." No, not every, not every time I go out, it's a good day. But um, since our uh, my first time, I, I have been. Uh, now remember our last episode on humility and pride. So just keep that in mind as you share. I have been out. <laughs> 
eight, eight times. Wow, eight times. In the last few weeks. And I think that's about as many times I was out all year. I think just that's about how many times I've been outdoors in the month of November. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I went, I went, we need to get Nate out there. I went yesterday think? and today. Robert joined me yesterday. Yeah. We went and played 18. At River Valley something or other. Okay, maybe River you are addicted. I'm not sure. I'll have to check. I mean, I don't know. I study it, too. I mean, <laughs> you can't get good at something if you don't know what you're doing. It's true. And Robert's been playing all this time, and I had to teach him what the numbers meant on the disc yesterday. Is that right? I'm like, how do you not know these things? That's like, the first yeah. thing I wanted to know is what are these numbers, and what does it mean? He just said he went out and just bought some cheap discs and didn't really think about that. Yeah. So he just, that's I mean, just not as... you can't play the game without understanding your tools. Well, clearly you can. You can't you can play, play the game well without be. understanding your tools. Robert had a bad day yesterday. Of course, now I think you may have called it frisbee golf earlier. Did you call I, by it by accident? Golf? I mean, okay. it used to be before this. I was just trying to keep you humble. I'm sorry. You probably know more about the sport than I do. You've already been out as much as do I. Do you was know what the years. numbers mean on the disc? I believe they have to do with the weight. No, no. Uh, the I first that, there's four numbers. I know there are drivers. I know there are putters and all that Correct. kind of stuff. And I know there are weights. Well. You can have different weights of all of the different. You have a putter. Right. A and I know there's like cause driver, yeah, fairway driver. One, it's like midway. here's the driver and here's the eight different weights that can come in and then you decide and all that. And yeah. I just, but there's four numbers on the disc. The first number yeah. is the speed of the disc. And which is crazy because the high, well, it doesn't mean the disc goes that fast. It means how hard you need to throw it to do the rest of the numbers. Uh-huh. So if it's a disc, your, your, your distance driver. Is so you weren't be, even talking about the same numbers I was talking about. So I was I'm, talking literally about, you're probably, so you, yeah, t- so I'm here's the thing. Here's the funny part. Here. No, no, here's the we're, funny part. We're going to have to have a private conversation. I think <laughs> here's the funny part. See, he was just saying, I don't know how you play the game. You know what? I don't think I even know that those numbers are on the disc. That's how lost I am. I'm because I think you are talking the about numbers that I wasn't Another even Another day, at. maybe. Hey, let's let's talk about some sports then, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go. Okay, so, uh, all right. That was for you, Robert. So last week we talked about humility, and, and, I, and this week we're talking about the controversy of Hillsong and Bethel music. And I think we have to put our own humility pants while talking about uh, it. Ah, yes. Yes. So, um, we don't have news today. Uh, yeah, no news today. No news today. No Nothing news is good is news. going on in the world. There's a, lot, t- there's a lot going on in the world. There's okay. a lot going on in the world. I mean, we could talk about the, the Rittenhouse case and the jury letting him off. Well, why don't we? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's news. Okay. Share. All right. Do share. We'll do that as our, as our news. Do you want to hit the button, Jason? Okay. So uh, if you've been living under a rock, um, you may not know the name Kyle Rittenhouse and what's going on with him. But recently he went on trial for killing um, th- or two people and wounding another during the riots that took place in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. So um, I have to admit going into the trial, I thought there's no way this kid gets off. No way. Because people are terrified of the far left and their their uh, zealotry. And I could just see people throwing him under the bus to protect themselves. But amazingly, some 
sometimes people will surprise you. And that's what happened to me. Um, basically, it was unanimous consent for all the jury that he was found not guilty by way of self-defense. And really, that whole case, if you've paid attention to it, was really about your ability to protect yourself against these groups that are favored by the political power class. Yeah. And uh, so lots of good came of that. Um, now, for those who are on the other side of the spectrum, that they don't want you to have the ability to fight back against them, they hate it. <laughs> right. It, it's, it is sending people into a tizzy. Um, there is a, 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 a fantastic selection of videos on YouTube if you want to watch the, the far left anchors melt down over this. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's available to you. There's a couple of ways to look at this. One, well, A, it was self-defense mm -hmm. and he'd be dead if, it, if he didn't do what he did. Mm -hmm. 100%, no doubt about it. I agree. Uh, but I believe that riot, more riots, letting, letting Antifa do some more damage to our country mm -hmm. is what they want. Well, yeah, that's it's time for so Christmas shopping. So why not let him off, upset the uh, the rioters, and let him do what they're paid to do? Literally paid to do. Um, so was it was the decision by the judge, by the book, or by the higher power? I don't necessarily know that you can always put your finger on that. I, I think that yeah, everything everything that happens falls under his sovereignty, and sometimes he allows bad things to happen. Right. I look at the whole case with that Chauvin guy. You know, it was. It looks like there was some real bad situations where the jury was, um, where people got to the jury and they were threatening the jury. And so they voted in favor of persecution. And that's humanity. People will do that. They will protect themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that both of those cases happened and with different outcomes than what you'd expect, that's God. You know, God works in mysterious ways. He, he is the author. He is, he is in control. He, he, he is the one who, who, who gives the, the father filter, you know, everything has to go through that father filter, but yeah, God's definitely involved. Do we always know why? No. Or how? No. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting to me that there is a case where a police officer was outed, uh, which, which is called doxed when you are, when your privacy is broken online mm -hmm. for donating $25 to Kyle Ritt house's defense anonymously one of wow. the news people really yeah one of the news people doxed this cop who gave 25 bucks to the kid's case wow wow guy lost his job and uh mm. recently if you were a fan of candace owens she had him on her show she's brilliant and she uh, was trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars for this guy you know just because Right, he has no job. Yeah, no job. People in the they're not going to hire cancel him. culture or trying right. to do everything they can to hurt this man. Right. Um, they raised over two hundred and forty thousand dollars for wow. her, her audience. That's amazing. That's, that's a huge that's good for her. Right there. Good. That's yeah. almost four year salary. Tell me yeah. about it for a cop. That's right. That's great. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, I don't know. If, I guess I probably shouldn't even admit this publicly, but because uh, then it kind of defeats the purpose. But you know, people don't know me, so I will say, you know, I am a concealed carrier, and it's nice to see. You know, it's nice to see when people who truly, you know, in self-defense, because obviously I, I would never want to murder somebody. I'd never, I'd, I really would never even want to protect myself unless I absolutely had to. But, um, you know, I do carry and it's nice to know that, you know, the, the courts will every once in a while side with the good guys. Yeah. And, you know, I carry as well. And just for those who do, it's not a bad idea to have um, insurance. Right. Partner up with these people that protect carriers because yeah. they have, I mean, for a, a very small amount, I should do a commercial, for a very small fee, <laughs> they will protect you in court. They will battle you. Any, anytime you have to use your weapon on right. somebody, they, they will fight for you. Right. And it doesn't cost you anything. 
accept your your fee, which right. is very minimal. It's like I think I can't remember. I think mine's like maybe twenty five a month, and yeah. they basically pay for an attorney. Uh, as soon as I call them, they assign an attorney to my case. They will pay me so much per day while I'm sitting in a jail or court while I can't work until the case is done. Right, and they they particularly have you know uh, attorneys that are good at this particular thing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. You know, and again, if I'm wrong, I certainly want to be found guilty. But you know, I mean, I won't want it at the time. But now, right. you know, I want yeah. if I've done something wrong, I want to be held accountable. But at the same token, I don't want some you know liberal you know, gun hater, you know, whatever to just make an example of me. Right. Don't throw the book you know, at me just because even if I was in the right and protect them, because I, you know, uh, from a biblical standpoint, you know, I was reading in Leviticus of all places, I'm reading it a few weeks ago and it reminded me of the importance. It, it said in the Levitical law, God told the Israelites, you got to look out for one another. And if you stand by one of your, while one of your neighbors are, you know, killed, injured, I can't remember the exact term they use there. Uh, so you have to look that up. But, you know, you're wrong. It's a sin. We literally need to to look out for each other. And so there's certainly nothing unbiblical for having some kind of protection, knowing especially that, you know, what, 0.0005% of the cases ever have to fire. Most of the time, if you ever have to pull it out, which is probably still a small portion, that's as far as it goes. Yeah. It's just like, hey, back off, buddy. So there's another part of this. Go story. ahead. Make my day. So, Kyle, <laughs> no, no, let's no. not. No, let's not. <laughs> oh, okay. That was just a movie quote. So Kyle Rittenhouse was found, was found innocent, which means we still have the right to defend ourselves against violent mobs. Right. That's essentially what that whole case boiled down to. Yeah. Uh, there's another case that's a little less known of Andrew Coffey. Do you guys know that name? I do not. Okay. So surprise, surprise. Andrew Coffey was asleep in a house when uh, police officers did a no-knock raid on the house. Okay? Oh, that's not good. And in the process of the cops doing this, he wakes up and thinks he's being robbed or something bad. So he fires. Oh. And it hit a cop. And he was found not guilty. Okay, so that's already over. Because it okay. was defense. And I will tell the listeners out there that since Andrew Coffey's case tells us that we have the right to defend ourselves from violent government as well, if you're not celebrating both cases, both Rittenhouse and Coffey, sure. you're probably getting something wrong. Yeah. Just throw that out there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's just really protection from either side. It's, you know, I mean, that's really what our Constitution was all about. The Second Amendment is not necessarily, it wasn't initiated to allow you to carry a gun to protect yourself. It was initiated to protect yourself from the government, which we don't often think about. That's correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's why right. I went out and bought my AR, which is my modern day musket. Yes. <laughs> Packing the gunpowder, matey. Not that that's going to stop a tank, but hey. <laughs> I actually had my concealed carry license for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when it first came out, I got it. And then I, uh, I read a book. And if you are a concealed carry person, I highly recommend you read this book. It's a little old, all right? But it's going to tell you how the cops, the media, the people that you love, your friends, and how everybody's going to treat you in the event that you ever do have to use your weapon. Mm-hmm. It's called In the Gravest Extreme. Um, I'll look up the name of the author while, while we're doing this. But if if you're going to be a concealed carry person, you need to read this um, because it is going to change your life. And it is not always going 
going to be the best outcome for you because the courts are stacked against you. The police are stacked against you. It's you need to know that. Mm. That being said, um, Asab Nayub is his name. A-M-A-S-S-A-D, Masad Ayub, A-Y-O-O-B. Um, I think the book was written in the 90s, so it's definitely a little dated, but I highly recommend it. Now, on the flip side, um, on the flip side to the positive note of this is that if, uh, provided you don't use it, there is a positive in the way you are viewed to some people, um, namely the police. Um, and I didn't know this until one woman accidentally pulled me over one day. Um, she says she literally admitted she was accidental. I was actually on a, a two lane road and I'm just cruising along and it was in no hurry whatsoever. And this car, I mean, it just blew me away, uh, past it, it was like an aggressive pass and just took off. I mean, it was gone in a few seconds. She said her, her, uh, radar went off or not, whatever it is, it went off and she wasn't looking and she looked up and all she saw was me because the guy had just passed him. So she said, I kind of pulled you over, not really sure if it was even you. And I said, look, man, I, it, it, you know, I, 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 I get it. And she goes, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to. But anyway, she started talking about, uh, she didn't give me a ticket or anything um, and agreed that she wasn't looking. But she said. Uh, that was nice of her. Yeah, I know. I was, I said, you know, and I, in fact, I even told her, I said, you know, I really, I really appreciate that. Because I said, I have, you know, heard of other stories where police officers have been less than, you know, professional and just, you know, just to get a ticket right. or whatever. And I said, I appreciate That's you. That's for you right yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I really like, you know, I kind of goose her, you know, up and boost her. I meant, you know what I meant. I encouraged her to outbursts of love and good right. <laughs> But anyway, she told me. Goose. That's a completely oh. different topic to gotcha. talk about there. So then, she, so then she said, uh, you got, again, choosing your words appropriately, right? uh, even those that aren't even intended for you. Uh, anyway, I, you know, I, uh, she said, oh, and by the way, she goes, when you, uh, you know, the way you, you know, introduced yourself and let me know about your kinship shield carry, she said, good job on all that. A lot of people don't do it, mm -hmm. but she said, I'll tell you, she goes, when we see people with concealed carry, she said it automatically lowers, our, you know, it, it lowers our anxiety levels because she said, you, you guys have to pass certain tests and it, you have to do background checks on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And she said, actually, we know that you're probably one of the good guys. Right. Criminals and don't like, have, wow, I, that's not license. something. I, what's that? <laughs> Criminals don't have a kill concealed license. Right. So that's, she said, she said, even though most people don't say anything, concealed. she goes, we see it immediately that you have a concealed carry. And although we're still cautious, right. but she said, you know, we typically don't fear these people. Right. And I was going to say something. I'm there's, sorry. There's more to that. Not every cop is good like that. I'm not saying they are. Right. And the reason and why I stopped carrying um, and allowed my license to lapse was because I recognize that I have a little bit of a hero complex. Uh. And if I ever found myself in a situation where you where could be I the hero to pull my weapon, <laughs> I'm not sure that it would be justified. Not that. Not that. OK. I, I think I would do that right. OK. But I think I would insert myself in situations where maybe I shouldn't insert myself. Or you should keep on walking. Right. Right. Because when you look at the consequences of actually drawing your weapon and the impact it has on the life of all of those around you, mm -hmm. you need to be very discerning. Right. Oh, absolutely. There's more than bad guys in the area. And that's the key. 
key. It's really, you know, because people that tend to make bad choices are either not going to get a license or they're going to end up losing their license right. and doing something wrong. And just real quick before we move on, to comment on your book suggestion, and thank you for that, by the way, it was written in the 90s when Concealed Carry just kind of came. That's to, true. That is so true. the temperature of the whole thing has changed, changed quite a bit. bit and it might be not, it might not be as relevant today as it was then because cops have a, a whole different view on concealed carry people as what you were saying in your, your, your story. Right. Um, the courts haven't changed. Right. And hence good lawyers. Um, good lawyers and some positive uh, Yeah, cases, but you got to right? have a lot of right. money for those good lawyers. So not they only... Are right, they are so, not public defenders. <laughs> so not only That's should right. you... Um, Carry insurance that has legal protection. Yeah. Not only should you have good training on your weapons if you're going to carry, but you should absolutely have uh, good knowledge of when and when not. Right. And if you're a Christ follower, you, you know, we have to keep in mind respect for human life. These are people... Even if you're not. These are people that uh, are created... Well, I'm assuming that we have a podcast that's probably reaching people who are at least is seeking Christ. So uh, realize that, um, you know, uh, we have to understand that people are important. Respect human life. Um, and realize that even these people that are doing the wrong thing, Jesus died for them. They are created in the image of Christ. So it should be an absolute last resort. Correct. I mean, she'd have been a kneecap. <laughs> you know, if I, you, there's a, there's a movie, I think it's called <laughs> Rustler's Rhapsody or something like that. Goofy movie. But in the movie, the guy was so good. He was like, you know, the old West, you know, kind of throw a, throw a uh, half dollar in the air and shoot it out of the sky. Yeah. Not that good. But he only practiced shooting targets of hands holding guns. So he would shoot guns. <laughs> <out of their> <laughs> <hands>. <laughs> now, if I could get that good, I'd be, you know, that'd be awesome. But now, yeah. granted, he gets to carry a gun with like an eight or 10 inch barrel. And the Better one, that I, the one yeah. that I have in my belt right now has a three inch barrel. Got to have a little more training to get that kind of accuracy. Right. All right. On another note, <laughs> let's play. Let's play a game. It's time for the wheel of It's been the wheel. Would you rather? Literally. <laughs> Would you rather? Well, all right. All right. I think we can do that. Let's do it. Do we have Would You Rather music? We do. That's what I thought. I am. Uh, I got a lot of buttons to push. Right I here. sensed a button being pushed, but then I heard nothing. Would you rather? All right. So I do have some questions today. They're a little bit more, they're interesting. Um, you know, the, the, the longer we go with these things, the more I have to really put some thought into these. So, <laughs> so this one here, you know, a lot of people say, boy, you know, I just can't share Christ with people because, you know, I don't have one of those cool stories, you know, like where I was a drug addict and I was a prostitute and, you know, all this stuff and, <laughs> and I got saved and now I'm a pastor, you know, or whatever, you know, yeah. or a, a ministry of a children's ministry leader, or whatever. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get us to think about that a little bit today. So the question is very simple, but very kind of strange. Would you rather be called into discipleship 
out of being a fisherman like John or being a tax collector like Matthew. Mm. See, on one hand, John, probably a little more innocent. Fisherman, maybe not as good a testimony. But then again, probably clean living. Well, fishy smelling living. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Matthew, tax collector. Typically, they were thieves. Known as thieves, anyway. They typically always siphoned a little off the top. Didn't have a good reputation, you know. Well, personally, I would rather be the fisherman because... um, I can't see myself just like sitting in a little box on the side of the road <laughs> collecting taxes. I'm more of an outdoorsy man. I like to get out and get some fresh air and do some fish. I like fishing. Um, so John and the boys are more my speed. Gotcha. So I'm going that route. Okay. All right. Fair enough. How about you, sir? I'd probably do the fisherman thing too because I just never could approve myself working for the government. <laughs> right. I guess maybe you know those of you who know me know how. True true that really is. <laughs> now now i guess the you know it, part of this is just having that backstory having that awesome story to share that awesome story of change but face it we all really have that we just don't realize it well yeah because usually i mean i look at myself and i was raised in the church i don't have any kind of a major conversion story i can tell you when my faith became my own right um but even then the only thing i can really point to is that christ made my hard heart soft on a number of issues that i normally would not have a soft heart on and uh, I, I think those of you who know me know I can have a soft heart. So, but it, it, in uh, you know, it's incidentally, we look at Matthew, and he uh, was, you know, he had also not only have a great backstory to share. Hey, man, God took me out of this, but also he got to share Jesus with a lot of probably rough crowd. In fact, it got Jesus kind of a bad reputation. You know, in fact, uh, it, it, they called him, you know, a drunkard and a glutton because he and a person who hangs out with the scum of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, but they're going to call you that any time that you you stand a stride of culture, you're going to get labeled. Even if you, you there's no way you can do everything right. So yeah. what you do is you operate on principle and you just let everybody else be darned. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't. Uh, I'll be honest. This one here is kind of one where I wouldn't even know that I have a choice because you know uh, both both are good because you know what they became disciples. True. And you know uh, they, even the disciples didn't like Matthew. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> 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 but, you know, both had their advantages. One had a great backstory of conversion. Uh, one had, you know, a lot of good relationships with people that they could go. But, you know, uh, so, you know, both of them had. And the advantage of John was that uh, he didn't have all that crap, all that baggage yeah. that he had to get through. So both are good. But uh, so I would just have to go with simply John because you're right. I'd rather be a fisherman than a tax collector. So I'm picking John. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Would you rather be carried to heaven now, so like in do not pass go, do not collect $200. Carried to heaven by a flaming chariot pulled by flaming horses. You all remember that story, right? Yeah. Or would you rather have 15 years added to your life like Hezekiah? I think we've discussed this. Yeah, we've before. had this. At Did least we? a variation of a it. A variation. Yeah. It right. might have been the days that you were picking from the program because I don't remember creating this one. And I've written all It might have been. Um, I, I remember your answer being like, well, if I've got 15 yeah. years, I can reach more people. I remember teasing him about that, actually. <laughs> All right, well, we'll move on. Sorry, I, I really like the flaming chariot idea. I'm going but, now. I'm going now. Yeah, I'm a, I'm out of here. Rapture now. I'm please. done. I, I've I've dealt chariot with enough, or no chariot. Enough pain. Enough suffering. Enough I'm crap. ready to go home. I guess I'm going to have to stick with that 15. No, <laughs> actually, uh, you know, the closer we get to Jesus's coming, the more I realize how irrelevant it almost 
all is. So I'm almost ready to jump on the flaming chariot. Yeah. But, you know, I guess I'd still probably say, yeah, give me the 15 years and I'll use it to the best I can. But if he gives me 15 years extra, man, that's going to put some pressure <laughs> on my ministry right there. Well, the way things are looking in 15 years, we're seven, eight years past the tribulation. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. So let's move on to question number three, which is really question number two. Would you rather, and hopefully this wasn't all, would you rather witness Jesus casting out a slew of demons into a herd of pigs or witness a guy falling out a window and being brought back to life by the apostle Paul? I kind of want to be at that Paul situation, if I'm honest, because he preached so long that a guy sitting in the window fell asleep and fell out the window and died. Like... My so, pastor can go a little while sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the heck you say. <laughs> but uh, he's never gone long enough for people to fall out of a window and die. But the idea that you would That's need- why we have a one-story church. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but the idea of being around a bunch of Christians who were that invested in wanting to learn and go deeper in their faith would be an amazing environment to be in. Even if you do have that one, you know, idiot that's falling asleep in a window, you know, I'm assuming he was a He had slacker, a, long, he had a right? long day. I'm assuming he was a slacker, but maybe he was just exhausted. And, he and gone. didn't get much sleep the night before. That's you know what that I, 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 I empathize. I mean, he filled the garden when other when he could have went home. He was trying to hang in there. Right, <laughs> that's fair. Maybe right. I shouldn't think of, think of him as a slacker. Right. I mean, he was there. And so when you're tired, probably sitting in windows is not a good idea. Yeah, that's probably true. Just FYI. Right. But the story ends well because he gets resurrected. Right. So yeah, you get to be present as as a disciple. I guess you wouldn't call Paul a disciple. He was more of a, an apostle. So, and you get to see an apostle do a resurrection, which that's not all that common. No, that's uh, pretty amazing. But then seeing Jesus, you know, cast out demons would be pretty cool too. So, you know, it's all good. Where, where would you go, Jason? Where, where You get to witness one of those things. Both actually happened. You get to choose which one you insert yourself into the history and check it out. Well, initially, who was preaching? <laughs> Paul. Paul. Oh. Good teacher. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, seeing the demons cast out in a bunch of pigs would be pretty, pretty wild, but an opportunity to hear someone like Paul preach would probably be more beneficial to my life. Uh, a lot more is going to sink in. I'm not going to learn anything from watching demons getting cast out, but I'm going to learn a whole lot. Uh, that's a moment about Christ. Right yeah. yeah. So I'm choosing that. Resurrection or not, I want to be there to hear hear it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm gonna have to say I kind of side with both you guys. I was kind of like trying to for the the whole sake of this question. Obviously, there's one. You know, there's there's a couple of positives on the other side. One, you get to see Jesus whoop on some you know enemy. But secondly, you get to be with Jesus. <laughs> secondly, you see some wild show. Yeah, <laughs> and you get to see why people are making all that. You know, they just rejected him. You know, and we assume it's because they must really love pigs. <laughs> oh, no. It's about money. It's about yeah, money. it was that was a joke, yeah. but yeah, but I would have to actually side with you guys. I would probably take it because uh, to see what Paul was teaching on, to see those kind of people. I I read, I was reading in the book, um, was it David Platt's book? Uh, what was his first book? Um, Radical. Radical. Yeah. And he talked about how the people in his they started this Bible study at his church, and he was just teaching, you know, expository, just gone through the Bible, and they just he really created it just for these people who just you know who really were committed, you know, and just really wanted to go to the next level. And he just expected nobody would come and they would, and he ended up going, you know, they, they filled this church up. It was standing room only. They had to like go by invitation. You know, you had to kind of like, you had to 
earn your way into that almost, you know, but just because they didn't have enough space and people would be there till like midnight, one in the morning. How many times today, you know, we go an hour or two in church and it's like, oh man, come on, pastor, shut your mouth. These people were there until, you know, so late that one dude literally fell asleep and fell out a window. So to see those committed people and be inspired by their faith, to hear Paul's message, and then on top of it, get to see a resurrection. Yeah, I'm there. That's quite the, that's quite the witnessing. It's quite the combo there. Yeah. So Jesus, yeah, I'd love to see him, but you know, between those two, I'm going to go with uh, Paul. So last question, would you rather have to explain to your neighbors that you are building a large boat in the desert because God told you to and said he was going to flood the world, even though it's not rained, or would you rather explain to your 300 man army what weapons they're going to have to go out into battle with to fight the Midianites. I would, I would definitely choose the, the, uh, the battle of, with the, the guys with the, the, I can't even think what I'm trying to say here. They, they had the clay a pot, clay they had a horn, pot over a torch, a torch and a ram's horn. <laughs> if you want me to do what? To, I would do that. And they're gone into battle and you are now that. their general it's and you even, have to explain. You're not even really explaining that story right because it starts with a much, I know. much larger army I know. and it just gets whittled <laughs> down and whittled down right. and whittled down. And then finally, what is it like thirty left? Something like that. <laughs> it was it's, very few. Very against few. many. I think it's three hundred versus like thirty. Yeah, ten thousand or something yeah, like I, that. It went down to three thousand and then to three hundred. I think. Yeah, and uh, at that point, you you basically just go, and all you're doing is being obedient to God, and God wins the battle for you. Like the people just run away in absolute terror, thinking that it's something more coming. It's that explanation I was going for. Yeah, I would love to be that. I, I would much <laughs> rather do the Gideon situation with military people who understand who they are, that they are the chosen people of God, then have to explain to people who are not the chosen of God <laughs> that uh hope you guys know how to swim, you know? <laughs> Have you ever heard of a backstroke, right? <laughs> right. How about you, Jason? How long can you tread water? <laughs> uh, right. Um You ever heard of scuba gear? <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going with the uh, army. Yeah? Yeah. You know, you're sending them into battle with some junk, man. Right. I mean, it's not like you're saying, okay, by the way, I've, I've got it's these really new a, swords. It's actually a brilliant idea. I've got these swords <laughs> that God helped me design, and they're really, like, you know, sturdy and sharp, and we're going to be able to kick some butt out there. I know there's only 300 of us, but I think we can do this. No, no. I'll tell you what, why don't you get a torch? What are we going to burn the place down? <laughs> oh, but you get a clay pot too. What is smash them in the head? <laughs> oh, but don't worry. You get a ram's horn too. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that wasn't a ram's horn. That was Jason's dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. What are you doing? See, I want to be different and we've all been the same, but you know what? Noah, man, that was rough. I have a lot of respect for Noah because to build a big old honking boat in the desert that took more than just a couple days to build. I mean, it wasn't like he got to go, you know, the, huge the, in fact, my whole argument, but why I would pick the ram's horn thing is because I only have to explain it over the course of a few minutes and then sure. we're going to go in the battle and they're going to forget once we win. He had to, he had to withstand days and days and days of people Years. saying, uh, Hey, Noah. 
Oh, how's that boat going? Boy, I don't know. Don't see any, what'd you call them? Clouds in the sky? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> wonder if it's going to, you know, that man, that guy. Let me give you another perspective. He loved that. Jesus or loved the Lord, loved God at the time. Loved God. Noah knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And even once the boat closed and he was proved right, he had to live with knowing all of these people that he knew were no longer around. That's true. You so know, the end perspective much better look, for Portland. We're faced with the same situation. In some ways, we are. But I mean, we know a lot of people that Noah, won't listen. He gets drunk Very true. after the, the event. And you can see he's self-medicating, right? Because that's why he's getting drunk. To experience that level of God, God's judgment and wrath. That's, that's tough. Yeah. That's right. We got to give it up for him. I'm going to give him a big hug when we get to heaven. And uh, imagine what he saw <laughs> on the waters. Well, he is my great, 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 All the floating out. bodies. Yeah. All the floating bodies. I mean, right? he's out there for months. 40 days. 40 oh, and when, think about when the water receded. Well, you, it took a year for the yeah, water to recede. Exactly. And when it recedes, what happens to like all of a particle, anything floating in the water? They pile up into, you know, spots. Right. There was piles of bodies everywhere. Yeah. But, but well, a year oh, later, right, you, you've probably got, it, it, if you think about it, it could be really bad. The world was rancid. Yeah. That's probably literally. A lot of it was under earth, though, with the mud, dirt and everything. You know. Some of it probably got covered by A lot of it, probably. Um, like, I'm not even going to go into, but. <laughs> but regardless. <laughs> we talked about it before. Um, yeah. But yeah, what yeah. I was saying before, we're we're facing really the same situation. We're talking about the rapture's coming. Yeah, the rapture is our ark. It's a good. That's a good point. Yep. And the boat is being built. The ark. The rapture is coming. The boat is being built. Yeah, Matthew. We need to get on we it. See that that correlation. Right. And um, if 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 we can't, if you guys don't believe in Christ, you're not gonna get on the boat. Or get raptured. It's very parallel. And so I understand his pain. Really. There is a, I've mentioned before that at the time of judgment, I want to have a front row seat. Like I want to see Satan get his and I don't want it to be fast. I I want to see it drawn out. I want to see Satan tortured. That's how much anger I have for some of the things I've experienced in my life. So you have just changed my mind, Jason. You have just literally made me flip my decision. I now choose Noah. And the reason being is because you know what? I really do have the same situation he did. And if I could, if I went through that, I would be, I would be more prepared. That's true. So there you go. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. to see something. Something that I wasn't paying attention to. See, even games can be educational. Absolutely. So <laughs> to finish my thought, even though I want to see Satan punished, to know that there are going to be people that I know that are also going to be punished. You ever sat and thought about that? Oh, daily. It's hard. Like there might be really good friends. Or children. Or children. Of yours. Yeah. Mine is. That don't make it. Grandchildren. Well, some of them will be covered under the laws of um, not knowing any better, but... So it just, yeah. it's a little, Parents. it's a little, uh, it's a little sobering when you actually sit down and think about it. If we really believe that the rapture is as close as we do, you're not doing something about it. Mm, shame on you. To a degree, you're right. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I started this podcast. Yeah. My wife and I were just having a conversation about that. We've got, um, you know, I know they don't listen to this podcast. So I can say this, but we've got relatives coming over shame. for, uh, for a, uh, <laughs> well, there's a reason. Oh, we, you mean the relatives? Yeah, we've got relatives <laughs> who aren't watching the podcast because they're, they're relatively you know, they speaking, right? Yeah, <laughs> they, don't, they don't attend church. You know, they don't, they're right. not living for Christ. And so, uh, you know, we're going to meet with them and man, I'll tell you, it gets harder and harder every year because I'm just thinking I got to do something about this. And I bring up conversations and I just, 
just get tanked. You know, it's like, oh, you know, and in a way I'm feeling like no one, how frustrated he must have been. You know, it's like, come on, guys, help me build. Come aboard. Right. Join the Lord. You know, I won't put you by the alligators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could be by the kitty cats. Yeah. But seriously, um, you know, yeah, it's 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 rough. It's yeah. rough. It, it really is. And it should certainly motivate us. So, yeah, certainly. So where where do we go from here? Well, we Sir go Jason? to our topic. Uh, All right. The controversy in Hillsong and Bethel music. And a lot of people. So why do we care about that, Jason? Well, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people realize that the churches of these particular music groups do a lot of false teaching and um, they like to twist scripture and, and what have it. But the music doesn't speak that. The music seems biblical. It seems on point. And really, it, it's a tool that drives Sometimes. people. Not every song. Not every song. Not every song. Passes the, the smell test. Correct. Right. 100%. Um, but what it does is it draws people to that church. And then they, these churches are mega churches. Right. Thousands upon thousands of people are going right. to these. Um, so in the, in the spirit of naming names, you're talking Hillsong, Elevation. What's the other big one? Bethel. 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 Right. Yeah. I think Bethel is probably the worst of the worst of the three. And that also say. encompasses Jesus culture because they were yeah. moving out of Bethel. So that's... That's a lot of music right That's there. That's a lot of music. A lot of modern worship. It's a music. lot of a lot. A lot of good songs too. A lot of my favorite songs are by all of them, which disappoints me. But let me So, so what's the controversy? Well, go ahead. All right. Well, the controversy is do we support music that comes from a church we wouldn't support? Mm. Um, a lot of pastors are speaking out about we shouldn't play their music in our church because it sends a message to the people of the church that what the church that they come from is teaching is okay with us because we support their music. Granted, a lot of people don't really know what those churches are teaching. Mm -hmm. They're not investigating like we are. But some um, do. But some do. Particularly your newer Christians. Right. Looking for, oh, if it's up on the screen at church, it must be okay. Right. And they, they find themselves deep into spiritual pits because of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. These these churches are, are very much af affiliated and associated with the prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. um, which is vicious because everybody wants wants wealth and everybody wants health. And that's really what the prosperity go gospel teaches us is how to get those two things, or at least right. they try to convince you how to get those two things. You have right. to earn it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's a little insidious of a way to do it. it, it it's almost like drug dealers that give a little bit of a, a of the drug away for free the first time, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, right. but they get you hooked and you got to be very, very careful with that because music has always been, it's been a way for the enemy to make a lot of inroads in people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, we sometimes forget that Satan himself had a job before his fall. He was the angel of worship. And it is to think that he doesn't use that to his advantage would be very short-sighted. Right. Naive. Naive. That's mm -hmm. the word I was looking for. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, even, you know, we're, the Bible tells us that there's going to be weed among the tares, or I should say there's going to be tares among the weed, I should say, um, that the, the enemy is going to be coming to you like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. And here we have these, these big churches that you buy their music, you're supporting them and mm -hmm. their ministries, mm -hmm. but really all you're trying to do is worship God because their music is very emotional mm -hmm. and helps you get there. 
by design. By design. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a definitely an interesting question. Will it impact everybody? No, but you're going to lose some. Right. And if they find themselves going into the, if you look at modern churchgoers, very few people follow the idea of blooming where you're planted. They want to find the, the exact church that fits everything that they want. Right. And it doesn't push them to be any better or learn or go any further in their relationship with God. They want to be comfortable. They don't want to be discipled. Right. Well, there's two ways to look at that, really. Um, we might say that for another episode, but there's some churches you go to that are not the right church for you. It might maybe not be the right church for anybody. Right. If I was a, if I was a Hillsong church goer and sh- I definitely should not stay where I was planted, I should find a church that teaches the correct gospel. That's correct. Right. So, and if you're in a church that you're not getting, it, I'm not saying you're not getting fed what you want to hear, but you're not getting fed the truth. If I'm going to a fluffy church where all I do is speak about how I feel better about myself and this and that. Yeah. I don't want to be there either. Yeah. That's a lot of the prosperity gospel stuff too. They don't talk. So I should pull my roots up and find, find a better church. Certainly. And if I'm not growing, even if it's a good church, but yet I'm not growing more in, in, in the word, I might want to find somebody that's going to grow me in the word more. And that's common. This is just examples, but a lot of people will leave for a church because they're, they're, they're not feeling fed. Right. And the reality is, is we have to be very careful with that because Sundays are not meant to feed meat to the, to the, uh, the, the, the converted. It's to reach the, it's to reach the larger audience. The feeding of the meat typically happens in the smaller groups. Anyway, I think it's partially off topic. So let's roll back in. Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses. Uh, one, second Timothy four, three through four, for the time will come when people will not put up with the second, with the sound doctrine mm-hmm. instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what the itching ears want to hear. Mm-hmm. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Also, I want to read acts 20, 28 through 30. Keep watch over your yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own, which he bought, sorry, with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. And finally, Second uh, Peter three fourteen through eighteen. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote. You with the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some of that that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Bible warns you of teachers out there that's going to be twisting the scripture for their own good. And the itching ears. Yeah. It really kind of speaks to today. Yeah. And part of that own good is really based off of Satan's plan is to keep people out of heaven. And if we are going to churches that do not speak the gospel and the truth 
then you are not, you're going to fall into that cloud that Satan is bringing in and, right. and you're, you're, you're going to lose your salvation. Right. So, well, you're not going to gain salvation. Right. Cause you're not going to have the truth. Correct. You're going to be led astray. Correct. Um, so if we're doing songs or promoting songs that lead people to believe that the church, that these bands come from sound churches, are we, are bad? Mm. That's a really, that's a good question. And I think a lot of pastors and worship leaders struggle with that. Um, you know, I'm not going to say most people that just attend church probably don't fall into that category. Uh, they're not so concerned about it, but you know, pastors who want to do, you know, they want to do the right thing. They know that they're going to be held at a higher accountability struggle with that. You know, what do I do? Do I write my own music? You know, um, do I know even this, even these churches that haven't been called out, do I know what they're, you know, about, do I take, do I have to, to research every single person? Cause you know, not everybody researches some of these mega churches get called out simply because people just get, you know, they're more obvious, you know, they're, they're mega churches. So they draw a lot of attention to themselves. And when they draw attention, they're going to, you know, be, they're going to be, you know, looked at a little more closely. Um, other people that write, you know, worship songs, you know, they're, they're not so, they're not under the public eye so much. Their life isn't under the public eye and what they teach outside of their music isn't under the public eye because it just doesn't draw the attention. So I think this is a real, real tough issue for a lot of pastors and so, and, and worship leaders. And as a pastor who's, you know, been around for a while and one who's led worship for many years, I'm going to tell you, I've had this struggle since almost the beginning, right? Um, literally, because there's no perfect people. Uh, Good, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to say that if it's a struggle, why allow it in your life? If if you have 30 bands and three of them are poisonous because of where they come from, even though most of their music seems to be okay, but there's a controversy there. There's some darkness there. Avoid the darkness. See, I think, but see, that's not what I meant by struggle. I understand. My struggle is more with people who might like yourself say, Hey, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. Your struggle. My struggle is, is this going to cause somebody to, you know, is it going to, is it going to cause an issue? By doing it. Or, you know, also God is dishonoring to you because I, I struggle through. I mean, every Sunday's message is a struggle for me because I'm like, God, is this what you want me to teach? Because either A, I'm worried about, did I hear it wrong? Or B, God, I don't like what you want me to share. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I meant that as the struggle. Well, yeah, but it kind of goes the same way. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be part of it. Sure. 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 I, I mean, just avoid it altogether. Well, you, have, you have so many other groups that aren't under that umbrella of. Now, here's, I guess here's where hey, I'm going to throw out. I'm going to become a little bit of the devil's advocate because I have gone back and forth on this for many years. Um, and, and I've come to my own conclusions and I, I'm, I still feel pretty comfortable where I'm at, although I'm, you know, I'm humble enough to realize, Hey, I could be so wrong. In fact, even just as we bring up this topic, you know, it makes me get back down on my knees and say, God, do you want me to change my view on this? Um, but my view on this is simply this. Um, and th- this is just my own personal opinion. So, you know, it's not, uh, this is an opinion versus like, you know, I'm not trying to speak for the Lord or anything, but, um, you know, First of all, it really comes down to is the material that is, you know, is the material that we are using, is it leading people to God or away from God? Is it truth or is it not truth? 
So like, for example, uh, Jason and I were talking about a song uh, before the before this podcast, and it was a song by, I think it's by Bethel, uh, and it's called Closer. So we're kind of analyzing the lyrics. So let's just take a look at a real song here. So it says, um, your love has ravished my heart. Your love, Lord, your love has ravished my heart, and it's taken me over, and all I want to be is with you forever. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now, right? Yeah. Pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. Cause your love, uh, I'm sorry, cause your love is so much sweeter than anything I've tasted. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. So I look at that song and I think, well, will that lead people away from Jesus? No. Does it have any false doctrine in it? No. Do I know the heart of the person who wrote it? Well, I mean, if it's, if they're being honest, uh, you know, boy, it sounds like they really love the Lord. You know, I don't know what they believe about the Lord or at least the Lord that they serve. They love him. Okay. Have I seen people in the church really get in, you know, just come into a place of worshiping their God through it? Yeah. Did the pastor of their church potentially create a false God? Maybe, you know, and, and by false God, I don't mean they're saying that it's, you know, Allah or whatever, you know, we can create a false God simply by, by painting a picture of God that is not biblical. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where false teaching comes, you know, teaching about a Jesus that's other than who Jesus really is. Right. You, you can call him Jesus all you want. This is a different Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the word of God. So do I know that they were truly worshiping the Jesus? No, I don't really know that. That's, this is my problem. This is my struggle. I don't know that about anybody who writes a song, right? I don't know their heart. There are a lot of old hymns that if you actually take the time and go back and study the theology of the people who wrote it, they were way out there and right. we still sing those, sing those hymns today. Right. And they're, they're, they're revered, Right. Right. Because they've passed the time test. Right. Some of these newer things from Bethel and such, they're newer, so it's a little different. I, I, I tend to think of the Bible story where you're eating meat that's sacrificed to idols. And it says, yeah. you know, you shouldn't do it if you're going to cause your brother to stumble. And the reality is, could having their names of Bethel or Elevation Worship or Jesus Culture, could having their names up on the screen make you think or potentially cause even a young Christian to stumble? I, I tend to think, yeah, it's possible. But at the same time, could you get around that by just simply removing their names from the slides? <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. that doesn't bother me to to do that. You know, you'd probably have copyright infringements and things like that, that if you really got into it, but I don't think that matters. The, the, I mean, it depends on the church. If you're a, a church that's on television or on YouTube, right? probably not a good idea. And you have to pay royalties to these people. Yeah. A small church like ours, we can sing their songs all day and no one's the wiser. Yeah. There's right. no, there's no credits given. There's no money. Right. You it can, out. Well, you can, I mean, even if you do choose to, you know, get involved with their, their CCLI where you can pay, you know, for to, to support people that you know for their copyrights or whatever you can still do that without without uh, necessarily promoting the church so uh, it, it, without promoting the teaching so I think that, that there's some questions that one has to ask and I'm, I'm talking as a pastor here so it's a little different maybe than you know maybe a standard position here I, I guess I speak as a church planter and I know as a church planter when you are you know working 24 7 and you're you know trying to you know get things going and you're trying to lead work worship and teach and stuff, you think, man, should I just write all music myself, you know, and make sure, boy, it's hard. It's hard. I know pastors that struggle to create their own messages. You know, they don't have time. So they end up stealing, 
you know, it, well, not stealing. They, they actually purchase them. You can, you can go out on the web and purchase messages from other people, uh, messages that have already been done. But even that, like, just because he taught a good message here, did he teach a good message, you know, two weeks down the road? And we have to really apply that to all things. Like, I use a lot of videos on Sunday morning. Um, I don't always go back and, and research every one of these teachers to make sure that they're spot on on every single thing. If, the, if w- that video of what they're teaching is good, I use it. If it's not good, I don't use it because it's not biblical. So I guess the first starting point for all pastors is I, I think we have to just really look at the content first and foremost. That's my personal thought. Now, I'm, I could be wrong. So I'm, I'm saying this humbly and again, that this is my opinion. So first of all, critique every single song that you're using, just like you would a message that you were using and make sure that it is 100% biblical. You know, you don't have to be the creator of every message. What you do have to do is make sure that every message that comes out of your mouth is what God wants you to teach and that it's 100% biblically accurate to the best of your abilities to know that. Um, secondly, I think we have to determine in your area, are we going to be promoting false doctrine? Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know of any Bethel related ministry things going on around here in, you know, in my, in our area in Columbus, Ohio, I, maybe there are some, and I don't know about it. I don't really know of any Jesus culture movements going on. Um, I don't know of any elevation movements going on. Maybe there are again. Uh, and what's the other one? Hill songs. I don't, I don't know. Um, but most people, I think when they, hear a song, the only thing I'm really promoting necessarily on Sunday morning as a pastor, as a worship leader, is that song. You know, I'm not even necessarily saying that the rest of the music is good. You know, as as a matter of fact, I teach everybody to even question everything I teach them. Take everything that you are taught, go home and study it. I give them scripture every week. And say, go home, challenge it. And that's how you grow. And they should. And they should challenge the music as well. And if they think something's wrong, I give them complete authority to say, hey, look, I, I don't know that this is biblically accurate. I don't think this is uplifting or whatever. Um, so I think first, you know, make sure that everything is accurate. Number two, if you're promoting their teaching and you know it's wrong, then yeah, maybe no you should question it. You yeah. know, if you know that, that that there's a movement going on in your area and if you potentially, uh, you know, increase that movement, you know, by, you know, promoting those songs and they could potentially get involved in that, you know, maybe you want to watch it. And that means you got to know your church mm-hmm. and you got to know the people because that goes back to your, you know, your issue, Nate, that you pointed out. If you're causing somebody to stumble, if it's not causing anybody to stumble, you're probably okay. I know personally, I can use a, a song like this closer and, you know, I know who's Jesus I'm talking about. I know that I'm pray. I, I want to be with God right? and his love has ravished my heart and I have never tasted anything sweet as the love of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And I, I want to be with him so bad and I want to know him more and I want to get rid of all this, this stuff that's still into my life that, that keeps me from seeing him the way it is. So when I, when I sing a song like this, it's, it's life changing and it's life giving and it brings me closer to my God. Um, and, and so, you know, I've got, I, we, I think we just have to really be, uh, be knowledgeable of our people. And I'm not, you know, again, this is not an answer. This is just stuff for prayer. And then, uh, you know, third, I think we have to kind of go back, uh, you know, I, I read here Philippians chapter one, starting in verse 15, Paul says, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry. That means they're teaching from the wrong motives, but others preach Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me and they know what I, uh, they know that I have been appointed to defend the good news. 
those others who do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition. Kind of describes some of the some prosperity. of those proponents of the prosperity gospel. Um, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. Then he goes on to say, but that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Now, I think we have to be careful. We can't just cookie cutter that and say, oh, as long as they're preaching Jesus, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying that sometimes we've got to rejoice that, you know, that Jesus is being preached. Um, I think even for these big churches, you know, I, and I, I've heard some of their messages, uh, you know, and I, I've heard and they're, they're dangerously off track. Um, and I don't really promote any of those teachers necessarily, but then again, you know, there's some local churches in my area that I don't promote. Mm -hmm. Now I don't go around and talk bad about them. I think we got to be very careful with those kind of things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, now I'm not saying like entire denominations that are completely off track. You know, I don't personally have a problem saying, look, don't go to a Catholic church people, you know, stop. Okay. Seek the truth. Don't go to a seventh day Adventist church. I don't have a problem doing that, you know, because I, I feel it's my duty to warn people, but I have to be very careful to you know, to call out churches that I'm not a hundred percent sure about. And yeah, I, is every pastor on track a hundred percent all the time? I don't know. You know, probably not. You mentioned yourself that you like you like Francis Chan. If you look hard yeah. enough, you can find things that he said in the past. Oh, absolutely. That he would disavow now. Like uh, I just didn't know better at the time, right? Exactly. Right. Uh, he's um, actually said that. Yeah. He said, "I I am very humble now because I have said things in the past that I now regret." Yeah. And I think I've led people off track, you know, astray. And then you know, and again, it goes back to the heart of these people. I there are people in the prosperity movement that I believe even past. And and I'm I'm being real with you here. I have met some prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel pastors who I believe are very genuine, and they honestly believe what they're teaching a hundred percent. They've just skewed things a bit, and I believe their heart is right. And if they, you know, they just they're they're, you know, the prosperity gospel is just about focusing on the wrong things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they still love Jesus, and they really feel it's going to draw them in, and so. Am I going to badmouth them? No. Am I going to teach it? Nope. Am I going to send people to the church? Nope. But Are I am going to still getting I'm not, saved there. Probably so. Probably so. Probably so. I know people, even in some of our local churches who are prosperity churches, that I would be hard-pressed to send anybody to. But I also know that some of these people love Jesus possibly more than I do, you know, literally, and I'm humbly speaking. So that's I think that's why I struggle, because I don't know every one of these hearts. Now, when they do come right out and say something, now, a few years ago, we wouldn't have had this opportunity. Um, but now with the advent of technology, and we have YouTube, and we can cl capture this clip, uh, Jason and I were just watching watching a clip from uh, ev ev uh, Elevation. I wanted to say Evolution. <laughs> and then I'm changing it to Evolution in my mind. So Elevation Church. Um, and again, I don't know much about them, so I'm not going to really uh, say plus or minus about them. I, I, I know probably less about them than I know about any of these people. Um, but I will say that obviously the clip that we listened to, just dead wrong. Just, I mean, just uh, it, what, what he said was just Even completely... Very. Like I was offended. I mean, you know, I mean, and I'm not, you know what I'm saying as a, I'm just like, wow, you're seriously saying this to people. I didn't listen to the whole context and I'm actually going to go check it out tomorrow to make sure that I get the context. Cause I don't know what the, either way it was wrong, but how do I know that two weeks later he didn't say, did I really say that? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it might've been just a, a attack from the enemy and he fell hook, line and sinker. So I guess it's just hard for me to say, throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, I tend to sometimes 
sometimes think uh, Alan Parr did a video. And again, there's a good example. I don't necessarily agree with everything Alan Parr has said, but I use a lot of his videos because I think a lot of them are really good. They're yeah, really on track. But there's the been a few videos that I've listened to. And I said, you know, I can't use that because he's just not, you know, he and I are not totally in sync and I'm just not sure he's on track here. Uh, but I listened to one of his videos and he was talking about this same concept. And I was kind of like in prep for this podcast. And he said, you know, I think that, you know, it is a lot of these songs do bring people into the presence of God. And so he said, just, he said, I think we need to be careful not to, you know, uh, spit out everything, you know, chew up the meat, spit out the fat, spit out the bones. And we also have to be careful not to become the Holy Spirit for other people. We cannot be the ones drawing the line in the sand saying, this is not good for you. We need to teach people how to recognize what is bad for them. That's where we're called to be. If we teach you what, what kind of fruit to look for and you can look at the fruit and you don't see it, you know it's bad, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's where I, I try to focus as well. Like I, I don't necessarily want to tell people that you're, for instance, I'll say like the, the tribulation stuff. There are people who are pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, right? I tend to kind of walk the line on pre-trib or mid-trib. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to break faith with somebody over that. Right. Right. But I can't tell people that this is 100% where we stand. Now I can tell you that this is where most of the evangelical church church stands, that this is the, what they believe. Right. But you got to look at the, the action. You, you got to go back to the word and those who are mature in the word can be discerning. The problem is, is when people aren't mature. They can be easily led astray. So we have to focus on being able to teach people how to recognize what is good and what is bad without telling them that this is bad. You, 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 you know, you got to teach them how to stand on their own two legs a little bit. Interestingly enough, as you were saying that, I was actually, I was thinking, you know, he just painted a great picture of you, Jason. You are, you know, you're a fairly young Christian, but you know what? You've learned discernment. And you said some of these are your favorite songs, and I know that I've seen you worship. I've seen you get so lost in worship playing drums that you forgot you were playing drums. <laughs> and I've tried to get your attention to get you on track, and there was just no getting your attention. Why? Because you were worshiping the Lord. Of course. Okay? Yeah. So I know that these songs have helped. Some of these songs have helped you. Okay. Oh, some of the, a lot of these songs from these bands we're talking about are my favorite. Right. But at the same and token, at the same token, you have learned discernment. And I don't, I don't think you could be swayed by the teachings, the, the false teachings of these churches. No. And that to me is almost the most important point is to teach our churches discernment so that they will be able to get, you know, avoid the false teachings. The thing is. Here's the thing. They may be writing about a different Jesus, but I'm singing about my Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And you have to be careful with that my Jesus term. You know what right, I mean? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of the things that we, we probably didn't talk about that we, maybe we just, just threw out there. If you're a pastor or worship leader and you have, when I say I have a struggle, I, I mean, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm okay. I feel like, you know, God is allowing me to use these songs for the moment. And that could change. Uh, but I, my conscience is okay. If it defies your conf- conscience and you feel it's wrong, please don't use the, the music. There's plenty of music out there. Don't do anything that would defy your conscience because that in itself is sin, the Bible says. That's right. Number two, if you know, if you feel there is reason to believe it's going to cause somebody to stumble, if you know you've got people in your church who spend a lot of time on YouTube and they're going to see these things and you're, you think you're promoting them, you know what? Jason made a good point. There's a lot of good music out there. Just 
just avoid it if it's going to cause a problem. And I, I guess I want to say lastly, uh, from my perspective, I really, and, and we don't talk about this enough, and I know even Jason's like, well, we don't have to write our own music. There's a ton of good stuff out there. Yeah, there is. But you know what? The same God that helps me write my own messages each week can help us write music. And I, if you look back at all you know, some of the major movements in the world, major Christian movements, it always inspired its own music. And maybe we should consider, you know, letting God write, our, you know, help us to write these, these songs and, and, and come up with new music to worship him. Right. Well, I told you my idea about the band I wanted to start. <laughs> and now that's some good stuff. God already wrote the lyrics. It's already there. All Make the music do. and sing scripture. <laughs> that's a good point. And a lot of the artists out there do use that, of course. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful way to praise the Lord is with his own words. Yeah. I, I do want to add one one thought to this as well. And I heard this in Alan Parr's video that we have to be careful of that spirit of legalism creeping in. Yeah. Because it's important for us to apply this level of intentionality, not only to our worship music, but to every area of our life. Yeah. That means, do you know where your money that you spend at Netflix is going? Do you know where- That's why I canceled my subscription. You know your your sure. money for Amazon is going, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, do you know where your money's going for Kroger? Like, you know, if, if you shop there, you, ha you have to apply this equally on every area. And eventually you're going to realize that there is no way to be pure. There's no way to make sure that all your money always goes to a good cause and a good source and the good people. That's right. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And the thing is, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us to make that happen. That's In correct. fact, it, 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 we are led to, to know that, hey, if you have no conscious issues, we know that meat is meat. If it was sacrificed to a foreign God, whatever, you know, yeah. but don't, don't eat it in front of somebody who's struggling with that. That's right. And really thinks it's a bad issue. So yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I think uh, maybe going back to last week's episode, I think, you know, just really being humble through all this, um, because it, it is a, it's a multifaceted question that has a lot of elements. And I think that just being humble before the Lord and being willing to be taught, you know, the fact is, is that I've, I came to a conclusion over and over again. And, you know, as soon as Jason threw out the idea for this, you know, uh, one of my approaches could have been pride, shut it down, whatever. And then the other's humility to say, you know what, let's reinvestigate. Let's, you know, let's think this through. And I'm still praying about it. You know, I'm really going to God and saying, God, what would you really have us do? And if God changes, you know, if he, if he instructs me to do something, I got to be willing to go his way. So I think in all things, remain humble before the Lord and let him take charge. You know what? Don't be afraid. If, if you got to write your own stuff, you got to write your own stuff and God will use it. If you got to, you know, search harder for other things. Um, I guess I would lastly say, you know, don't just use these things because you think it's the only thing out there or because it's the only thing cool, because that's not a reason to use anything in church. Right. I mean, ever. like I was saying to you earlier, we're not a band where the worship team in every church isn't a band performing for the people of the church. Amen. We are leading the people of the church into worship to a one a single audience, a one person audience. Mm -hmm. We are singing to God and an audience of one is what I meant to say. And um, it's not about playing these people's favorite songs because they love to hear them on the radio. It's about praising our Lord with everything we have. And we have to take worship music extremely serious because mm -hmm. it's one of the most important things you can do. 
besides prayer and, and having, you know, your one-on-one time in your relationship, worshiping, he loves it mm-hmm. and he wants more of it. And he wants it. It's important to choose the right songs, worship the right way and to the right person and not to some made up false God or Jesus or what have you, but to the almighty God and to his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. That's all I have on that. Um, we need to move on. It's, it's already an hour and 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, sir? Oh, we better just do a quick songs of the week. And songs of the week. And bow out. And yep. bow out. Sounds good. This week, my song of the week is from Hillsong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's from Bethel. I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing? This I week? guess I got to start now. <laughs> we, we got a, quite a conundrum. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, all right. Well, I'll throw mine out there because it's not by any of these people. Uh, they may not be perfect, but they have been around for years, and I believe they do certainly have a heart for Jesus. Group called Newsboys. I know you know them, and uh, they have a new album out, and one of the new songs on it just captured my attention. It reminded me a lot of the music that play, is played when we do the little racing game. Uh, little racing. I act like my son's two years old. Um, we played, uh, I, what's the new one? Verizon. I, I want to say Verizon, which is a phone company. Not That's not what I meant. What is it called? Horizon? Thank you. Horizon. Jason knows. He's a little bit of a gamer. So we play Horizon. Oh, hor- yeah. Yeah, Horizon. Forza, Horizon, Forza five or something like that something anyway <laughs> that's it's a new, racing game and they always put like music that really reaches the young people of that age and this song i mean even though this band's been around forever and the guitar player has like gray hair it's right in the zone it's like these guys have learned how to reach people where they're at but the message is so awesome your goodness won't give up on me it's a fountain flowing so deep you're so patient and so gracious it's unconditional even when i try to go my own way even when my heart is in the wrong place you bring it back around like a boomerang just like a boomerang because every time i'm in that fight your love keeps pulling me back pulling me back it's magnetic and i won't go any farther that's enough it's just called magnetic and how god just he's like gravity he just draws you to him if you if if you even just give them a chance. So check out the song Newsboys. It's awesome. All right. So I'll, I'll go next. My, uh, I recently had the opportunity to go to a concert for Mercy Me. And uh, if you ever get that opportunity, you need to go. It's just a fantastic uh, event and, and a great time of worship. And they had a new song that, that came out on their new album that has a Gloria Gaynor as a co-singer. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are... Uh, young whippersnappers, you may not know that name, but uh, for anybody uh, any, anybody who knows the song It's Rain and Men, you know exactly who Gloria Gaynor oh is. And the funny thing about this song is it's called Brand New. It, it is definitely a funk song. Uh, funk. It, what was the what was the type of, of music back in the seventies? Bed um, funk. Well, there was another one as well. What was the disco? Other? Disco. It, the song is very much a disco song. Ah, uh, my goodness. And Gloria is a part of it, and there and it, it's just so much fun to to <laughs> hear it because it is not what you would hear anywhere else. And I don't even think it's on the radio. I I, I did just one of the the B sides, I guess you'd call it, but. The uh, yeah, check the song out. It's it's a lot of fun. Called "Brand New" by Mercy Me. Brand new disco. I would not. I wouldn't. I don't associate Mercy Me with anything even remotely disco. So I'm gonna have to check it out just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us, Jason? Okay. 
Okay, so um, <laughs> so I was putting together a, a, another compilation of Christian music, and um, this was on my, it's called My Worship Music. It's just songs that kind of speak to me, but um, I, I apparently like this song so much, I put it in there twice by two different artists. <laughs> <laughs> But the original song is written by Lauren Daigle. Uh, it's called You Say. And uh, uh, it says, uh, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just a sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say that I am held when I'm falling apart. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I'm yours. And I believe, oh, I believe what you say of me, I believe. It's great. And um, I really like the acoustic version that Will Morrison did. I mentioned him a few weeks ago. He does this uh, collection of acoustic uh, Christian songs that he does acoustically with a piano. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's my song. Very nice. Yeah, I'm not sure where where Lauren Dago is nowadays in her Christianity, but there's been some talk. She's uh, it's not feeling it much anymore. I don't know, but she writes good songs, and she, I don't know where she is in her in her walk, but she used to be somewhere good. I don't, and she may be still. I don't know, but. Yeah, that's uh, again. That's the, the. I think that takes us right back to that old conundrum. What What do we do? What do we, we do? Check everybody out. Well, you know that's. Uh, yeah, I don't know that we have all time for that. But yeah, the thing is, folks, this to remember that there's a lot of personalities out there, and there's a lot of people that has went down strange roads. And if there's a song that is out there that you like, and it speaks to you in the way you believe, it speaks love of. God, it, it speaks following Jesus, mm. it brings you closer to your maker, mm. then it should be okay with you. Well said. Well said. I think that's a great place to end. Yeah. So y'all have a great night. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, that's that. Say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.